This is the hottest station in the nation. Proudly ZFM Stereo. The, 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 the Y-Zone, where we talk about life and rights. Good evening and welcome to The Y-Zone, the show for the youth and the young at heart with me, your host, Brian Malvin K. Setole. And today is going to pay a visit to an organization that was formed in 2007 called Katswe Sisterhood. It is a movement of dynamic young women fighting for the full attainment of sexual reproductive health rights by women in Zimbabwe. It is a platform that enables young women to take leadership, find their agency, mobilize or organize and articulate their needs and aspirations in respect of SRHR education, SRHR services as well as legal protection and to communicate those to policy makers and those who implement. I'm joined by three ladies from the organization all here to talk about what they do. Ladies, welcome to the Wiser. Thank you. Thank you. Or maybe she yeah, wants to be welcoming me. Welcome, Brian. Welcome, Brian. Let us really like to introduce yourselves. Uh, hello, my name is Fadzi. So Fadzi Sai Maunganize, and I'm with Katsuke Sisterhood as Programs Officer for Ending Child Marriage Campaign. Okay. Uh, thank you, Brian. My name is Nadine Misekiwa, and I'm a Programs Officer as well. I mainly work on a project called Feminista Campus or Pepeta Africa, where I mainly work with young women in universities. Feminists on campus, I, I, I want to hear more about that as we go out. you also like to introduce yourself? Hi, Brian. I am young at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my name is Debra Mwase. I'm Program Manager here at Katsuko Sisters. Would you tell us more about the project that you are currently running, some of the work that you are doing by regime? All right. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, so we are implementing a project um, called the Health the Zimbabwe Health Program uh, that is focusing on sexual reproductive health, uh, maternal uh, health. Uh, it's also focusing on issues around gender-based violence uh, during COVID era. And we are implementing that in Bire District, uh, that is in Marshall and Central. And I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. No one's got one. We are seeing videos of We're happy when you have people like you who are working against um, feminists on campus. But you thought, what are the challenges that they are currently facing? Thank you very much, Brian. So the youth are facing many challenges in these lockdowns, and you find that most of these challenges are interlocked. So they have challenges that they're facing on just a pure social level with relationships relationships and then they have some that they're facing on an educational level with online learning and then that also has spillover effects into their sexual reproductive health rights so their challenges are very diverse but they're all being caused by the lockdown and it's services for instance let's say maybe a 17 year old is it easily accessible during lockdown that is not the case because of the restrictions in movement it's difficult for them to access such services and what's happening now is that most of them are resorting to using traditional herbs or homemade herbs which is a herb that most of them are either eating ingesting by chewing the herb, boiling it and then drinking it and only my side effects. In terms of access to contraception, they do not have access because of restrictions in movement. So they are now there by using other methods that are not recommended or help. So say we understand good COVID nineteen young not only is but globally. But so what can we do to ensure that um, the youth also have access to these services? All right, I think uh, there is need for Macanthal clinics, 
kunge ari easily accessible ari open uh, the time you need of the youths can go and access uh, those services and also adding on to what uh, Nadine said that you find out kuti those uh, adolescents and youth uh, the fact that they are taking murumanyama uh, is um, something to know it out of you find kuti the youth they are engaging into unprotected sex uh, which is uh, a challenge also because there are issues around STI, because there are issues around HIV. So I think there is need to have uh, contraceptive, to have um, condoms so that they can actually access them. And also there is need to train the community cadres uh, so that they can actually distribute uh, contraception to the youth so that even find a movement uh, restrictions they can actually go and access could for example Kwampia Debra Kunoanipa contraception because Kwampia Debra has been trained by Minister of Health distributor and also my condoms kungi achiwanika apachena. But you know what? It, I, I understand I hear where you're coming from. There is need for that and it but kotakata information because what you're talking about are youth who are using Murumanyama, which is not scientifically proven. side effects and all that. Debra, is there a gap in terms of just information dissemination to the youth? Yes, indeed. Um, there's quite a huge gap. The thinking was a lot of young people, we find them in school and uh, we would have been happy if comprehensive sexuality education was uh, widely offered. Uh, in our schools, in all schools, so that young people could get some of this information from within the schools. And then within the community setup, um, I think in terms of communication, there's a huge communication gap in terms of COVID-related and, and issues around SRH, even the actual COVID. All kinds of things, and we're also drinking a lot of concussion that we have heard, but no one has told us what is the impact of those concussions on our SRHR. So if you look at what um, some people are saying around the issue of Zubani, the effect it has in terms of my contraception, how it can negate the effect of my combined pill, and how people are, who are on contraception become pregnant whilst taking this concussion. So there is this whole information gap that can actually affect us in terms of um, my young people's SRHR. And then there's also this huge issue of having information around um, uh, services, like where do I get services mm. as a young person? I'm in the community, it's in lockdown. Where can I get these services? Because because we're in lockdown, I think it's true to say people have not stopped having sex. And when a condom is not available or when there's no contraception, it doesn't mean that people are going to stop having sex. It means they're just going to indulge in risky sexual behavior. And when people are idle and at home, it also increases um, the chances of risky sexual behavior. So what we need to do is to say we need information around these issues so that young people know where to get the services and know the risks around some of the concussions we are taking and uh, some of the things that are out there on the market and how they can mitigate the impact of those things. As well as just general information around COVID itself to say what is COVID and as a young person because the myth around is young people are not affected by COVID. Normally affects the elderly and those people with comorbidities, but I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm happening, this doesn't concern you. But, so there's, but there are a whole lot of issues that concern you as a young person, and we need that information out there. And it's not only civil society organizations that can take um, that information out, but you yourself 
the media as well as the Ministry of Health to be there at the forefront giving correct and um, correct information in terms of COVID as well as SRHR. Okay. Earlier on, you you spoke about issues of of, of gender-based violence. Um, uh, Nadine, are these on the increase? What's happening? Babatanga lockdown. So issues of gender-based violence are on the increase, mainly because most of the youth are locked inside the house with their perpetrators. So you find that it depends on the situation and on some of the living arrangements. Some uh, are in situations whereby maybe they are living with their stepfathers, so that can be another point whereby they are being abused. And other children now also because of the unwanted pregnancies that we're talking about most of them were forced to enter into child marriages so in these setups they are there with partners who are older than them where they do not have a voice to speak out and negotiate for things like like safe sex or negotiate in terms of finances and how those are run in the household so you find that in, in circumstances like that the issue of gender-based violence is on the rise research has also um substantiated what you are saying about the increase in, in terms of child marriages and, and all that. Now my question is, you are the one who is doing the, the, the legal aspect. Can my youth indulge in, in sexual activities at a, at a heightened pace? What does the future look like beyond this pandemic? That's my first question. And then second, mechanisms in cases of emergencies like this, it's not looking very good. Uh, in terms of uh, if people indulge in risky sexual behavior, they're having sex not protected. So we have a huge risk in terms of um, unintended pregnancies. And the impact that a pregnancy has on your life, this is a life-changing event. It's either you marry the person who got you pregnant and you're in a situation that Nadine spoke about. Or sometimes as a young person you run out of options and you feel like the best way is for me to terminate this pregnancy. And we find people using unsafe methods, backyard uh, methods to terminate pregnancies because these are unintended pregnancies. And this is very risky in terms of your health because there's a lot of things you can injure, you can get sepsis within your reproductive system and some of the instances have been fatal. There was actually a case um, that we also handled in terms of where a young woman um, died um, whilst trying to terminate a pregnancy. And then the other thing is really the impact in terms of your continuing with your education. I know there's a new education act that um, promotes uh, inclusion of girls who are pregnant and that a girl cannot be excluded from school because she's pregnant. But if you look at our support system really, is there a proper support system for the girl to be able to go to participate in terms of, um, of education? So is willing to say or is the mother going to be there for the for the grandchild or whoever and we have many orphans who are living with relatives and how this will be viewed these three things are, um, are not going to work out for a girl so it's either you have a, you have the child and you can't continue with your education you try to terminate and you injure yourself or die in the process or you marry someone and you are very young and uh, the, the, the consequences the negative consequences of, of child marriages follow you and then in terms of emergencies yes we do have laws around um, emergencies and natural disasters but um, normally this look at um, humanitarian aspects of, of mitigating the impact of a, uh, of a disaster on the humanitarian needs of people like water shelter things like that we don't look at um 
issues around sex um, and, sex, uh, and sexuality when it comes to 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 emergencies like this. SRH issues. It's only now that they are emerging that um, you see people saying, "So how are we going to handle issues around uh, menstruation? What what are we going to do around um, pregnant women? How are they going to access services?" So yes, we do have policies, but I think we can broaden them and we can uh, include these uh, SRH issues within the policies. But um, when the COVID first hit, the first thing was to make sure Wilkins and Beatrice Infection were ready to receive patients. And some staff had to be taken from local clinics too. And it was it's natural, it was everyone's focus. Mm. But there are other aspects that we suffered because because of this like maternal health, antenatal clinics, youth friendly corners and youth friendly clinics that we were suffering. So I think in a disaster the natural reaction is to like kinda if there's a leaking roof, the first thing is to fix the leak. Fix, fix the leak. <laughs> but we forget that we have other areas that are weak and when we when we fix that leak pressure of the water of pressure will break another weak point. Mm. So we have very a lot of weak points that we already had before COVID, like GBV, like um, adolescent sexuality, and um, our weak, some weaknesses within the health system. So when we rush to close the leak of COVID, those other weak areas begin to burst again. So I'm, I think that's just how I'm seeing the situation. And while, after COVID, um, because we are really focused on it, there are so many other things that you're going to be dealing with beyond um, COVID. So yeah. this probably we have multiple effects we have that we effects. have to deal with in future. Yeah, mm. it's like when you fix that leak, every other weak point, because there's now pressure of the water, is going to burst open. Mm. So it's going to, oh, you have fixed this leak, but it's going to take you many years to now fix the other the other things that have happened. Imagine people who are taking Muruma Nyama and mm. Mm. what's going to, what, what, how is it going to look like? In three, four years' time after mm. COVID. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to go mm. So it's important that we, we, we focus on everything, even mm. SIHR, regardless of the fact that we have other we have other issues. Yes. Right? Fadzi, earlier on you mentioned could you implementing a program Kumbire district. I'm getting an urban vibe to the show so far. It almost sounds like the Jupiter and District my ghetto district. Is this what's happening in Kumbire? Kuma rural areas but no boy in the Shaka Mirasi. All right. Uh the situation is uh more of the same uh, like in the urban areas but uh, for my rural areas I think that issue of Otaruana and Kuti there are moral issues so when a girl contraception mm. it might be a challenge or, yeah. it might be a challenge and also in the rural areas the issue there are long distances for them to access my health services and besides the issue restriction upper besides the issue like in the the setup uh information online or on social media like twitter facebook but it is a different scenario when it goes to the rural areas whereby there are organizations that are supposed to go there and give them information on srhr so you find that it is a girl uh, when it comes to information dissemination and also accessing those services uh so it's a a challenge yeah i think Fadzim is saying something very important around uh 
access and she spoke about the distances that people have to travel mm. and uh, some of these communities rely on outreach services mm. <laughs> and it's very difficult to do outreach services um, during this time during lockdown but um, but we found out that in in rural areas food distribution is continuing right. for, for that assistance to families um, in terms of world vision or those organizations that give uh, Food, food. So people are still coming in, and but um, as I said, we are addressing the humanitarian needs. Yes, our each needs are not really prioritized. So we don't have outreach services. Like outreach services are limited, and as an organization, we would go out there with an outreach service mm. to provide um uh, the service. But now we. Don't. <laughs> I think that would mm. be better mm. and we can even be picking up cases of GPV and assisting mm. Mm. Uh, with, with, with that because um, whilst we are addressing the other needs of people, let's just Munu is the same person who needs a condom, who needs Pumfuta, who needs mm. food assistance, um, who needs um, uh, art treatment. It's the same person. So if we can give, have my room where people are coming in and receiving this food in a safe way they can also up these services can also be accompanied by other relevant services that people might and there's another idea which i think applies both for a rural and urban center mm. because either way you could never create a justice in certain ways mm. so if we can have a one-stop shop where everything is happening in one place it's not gonna go back and just on a new lockdown i would want us to talk about gbv in a month in a minute but nigeria just want to find out from you my lockdown measures are it I'm sure we're all aware of them. Dad, what should we do with some youth who don't deserve it? Just as you, what are we struggling with, and what what can be done about that? <laughs> I think, like I said earlier on, the issue of restriction. And the thing is, when I mentioned earlier that it's not only SRH, but there's also some social aspect. Youth have girlfriends, they have boyfriends, <laughs> and they want to meet those people. So, do I have the proper masks? So, mom, those restrictions, in as much as they're important, the truth is that the youth are not really adhering to um, such guidelines. And then there's also another aspect of whereby many youth, especially the girls, they in our household because we are meant to be there to assist our mother. So there's a component whereby we are supposed to be also providing care to the sick relatives, older ones, and we're very vulnerable also because sometimes the very same people that have fallen ill to maybe COVID, tisutrugova chengeta and ina mask and ina mshonga. So such guidelines and then even as Jebra was mentioning also because of the water situation that we have some houses do not have water that's running from a tap so we have to travel long distances to go and fetch water even in an urban setup So there's no social distancing there are no sanitizers so all those things are things that are affecting us in as much as we're supposed to be following guidelines that is a reality it's something that's very difficult to adhere to plus 6 pm i was speaking 
I was saying, Kuti, you had asked something on uh, issues around gender-based violence, right? Yeah. And I wanted to say that uh, the situation on GPV uh, is that it is treated as a private matter. Mm. So the fact that I cannot go to Nadine or Odebra and say that, you know what, my husband is abusing me. So you find, Kuti, the cases of uh, GPV, they are on the rise. And women or girls, they don't have anywhere to report. Like what also Nadine said that find Kuti in other areas, the people, the girls, they are also staying with the perpetrators. Mm. We have a situation whereby uh, last year during uh, lockdown, we had to assist a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old that were raped, um, were raped by an uncle. And you know, Kuti, Vaindokno reporter, it was something that was treated like a like a private matter mm-hmm. so i think like what deborah said that there is need to continue raising awareness on issues around gbv on issues around SRHR, so that the people can actually access the services they can actually go to vfu because i'm also thinking a situation whereby that girl is raped and you know they are asked but that girl wants to go and report the issues around rape so there is a missing link uh like what we're saying kutijoni uh, on issues around emergency and also issues on srhr and uh GB. yeah and i think also just to add on to also what Nadine was saying there are certain aspects of my young people that we ignore and um the issue of you are isolated from mama support boarding schools who were thriving in those boarding schools because they were dysfunctional families mm. and boarding school was somewhere that gave them routine but they spent nine months are in that dysfunctional setup and mm. affect us psychologically so there's need for everyone to accept um this is the situation that i am in and um i can I need help and uh, these are the areas where I can get help. So we're not only looking at um, yeah, even Mengwama frustrations, that depression can also lead to increased sexual risky sexual activity because that hopelessness. Mm. And uh, I think you've heard my issues as we said how they are they are also increasing, especially among young people. So we have um, this whole aspect, my challenges that young people are facing that you can't confront and it's something you can't name because you know something is wrong with me and uh, I need help but to name it and frame it and then seek help is very difficult. So those and that we really need to think about what forms of support can we give within the community for my young people. We know it was a good time for leisure for young people and even if in where, where, where I live, um, we are fortunate to be just behind our house, there's a basketball court. Mm. So you can just go with your ball and I see, I see a lot of guys just playing with their balls there yeah. a lot. But it's not in every community. 
that you find those and many of these areas are closed due to the really they are closed so there are so many things that uh, people are going through this is a new phenomenon and it calls for innovation in terms of addressing these challenges mm. so um just to get to you as we build on that UNA has warned that um, the AIDS-related death toll could double in sub-Saharan Africa from 2020 to 2021 if HIV services um, and if HIV is continue to be severely disrupted by the COVID-19. How do we prevent this from happening? Um, I think issue at Jambotaurai my local clinics because a lot of people were accessing those meds through their local clinics. So that once it's moved to another to another center, um, it becomes very difficult for me to go there. and things like that. And then we have people who who fear stigma. Um, stigma. So in in the end, in any, I prefer to take my meds from Makumbe and I can't travel to to Makumbe and we know they are we have our relatives who are not to have no education but South Africa not to make South Africa and all those kinds of things are happening but what a, it's, a, it's quite unfortunate that um, as a country both government and civil society have not invested in terms of telemedicine mm. <laughs> of having people getting telemedicine and having prescriptions or certain things filled automatically we have not invested in that and i think um as we go into the future obviously we are going to witness this um this but we need to for the future to look at um our health information management systems to ensure that um we digitalize and uh some of these things can be um delivered to people or we, we we engage in telemedicine as um some people are doing you have all this what you have a hotline for art treatment where if you can't access art there's a hotline where you call and you'll be assisted and you'll be told where the nearest clinic to where you are where you can access the medication so i think if we invest in that maybe and when another disaster comes we might be able to mitigate the loss of life right you answered my next question that i was going to ask you that what have we learned from the COVID-19 pandemic and what can we do? So that is already taken care of. Uh, as we round up the show, Nadine, I would like to know from you, what are your expectations from the stakeholders, uh, from the government, from civil society, from others, as a young person, when it comes to this lockdown and ensuring that you have your SRHR um, rights respected? Thank you. I think just maybe more attention to the youth and the adolescents, because like Deborah was mentioning earlier, Certain aspects of the struggles that we might be going through are just except for sexual reproductive health, right? So maybe there's more focus on that. And if we could maybe also get like a hotline, like you are saying, whereby you can also just call for your mental health. If you're going through something, you need someone to talk to, there's a hotline you can call, someone can talk to you, you can address those issues. And just, um, Overall, even also in terms of the education side, with online learning, not much has been addressed in terms of that. So that is also something that I would urge stakeholders and the government maybe pay more attention to and see how everyone can benefit from that. Those in the rural areas and also those in urban areas who are not attending school at all in, in as much as their online platforms that they can use to um, continue the education. So two words that stuck out to me, access 
and attention, mm-hmm. right? We want access to SRHR health, we want access to education, access to everything. Um, Fadzi, what are you doing as Cat Square to try and mitigate against this, and also how do people reach you? All right, uh, as Cat Square Sisterhood, uh, like what I mentioned earlier on, that we are implementing the health project. Uh, we are also for offering sexual reproductive uh, services, and uh, we are also offering um, transport for victims of uh, GBV so that they can go to the courts and also so that they can go to hospital for medical examination for post-exposure prophylaxis as well as uh, counseling. And uh, you can get in touch uh, with Katsuka Sister with our programs officers uh, Nancy on 0772-849-923. Let's check that again. 0772-849-923. Or uh, you can get in touch with me on 0773-499-085. children make up a small percentage of diagnosed COVID-19 cases. There are reasons to be concerned by the secondary effects of the crisis on young people. So there is need for us to look at issues around SRHR, issues around education, which is what we were talking about today. All the way from Katwe Sisterhood, uh, which is seriously Narare. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we had for the Wise on this week. Join me again next week for another episode of your show for the youth and the young at heart. For now, it's me, Brian Setole, saying good night, stay safe. COVID 19 is real. This is the hottest station in the nation, proudly ZFM Stereo.